you are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Marcus Mosher and Kate Madjuke. Welcome in, everybody, to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. I am your host, Kate Madjuke. You can follow me on Twitter at FFBallBlast. And, of course, as always, please be sure to follow my co-host here, Marcus Mosher, on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. Give the show a follow at Locked On Dynasty and be sure to hit that subscribe button. Leave a five-star review if you're feeling so generous. Marcus, happy Monday. Are you are you starving for some football yet? Absolutely, Kate. And uh, it's been a busy Monday so far, though. We got a bunch of news to talk about. We've got a really fun uh, rookie profile to do later on in the show. Uh, I, I think we're going to be able to survive with uh, some of the little crumbs and nuggets that, uh, of information that we got here early Monday morning. We did. We got some nuggets. We have uh, some some word about the Philadelphia Eagles. We've got some word about the potential lead running back mm. in Arizona. Mm. And, of course, I'm really excited about this rookie profile, Justin Fields. Yes. My QB1 in Dynasty rookie fantasy football rankings. Just FYI. Already a hot Stay take the first for, minute of the podcast, Kate. Jeez. Stay tuned for that. I'm I'm here. I'm bringing it. I I want to I want to keep it real today. And I am really excited about Justin Fields, one of my absolute favorite players to watch. Mm-hmm. I, I we'll get into that. We'll get into that. Yes. First, let's talk about the Philadelphia Eagles because uh, we have some news that Jalen Hurts is the guy. They do not want to bring in any outside uh, talent to push for competition. They want to give Jalen Hurts the chance to be the starting quarterback in Philadelphia, at least for the 2021 season. Mm-hmm. How pumped are you? I'm pumped, but let's let's first look at it for the Eagles' perspective. I almost feel like Kate. They have no other choice because of their current cap situation, right? I believe Carson Wentz is counting $32 million against their cap this year. Uh, They're way over the cap as it is right now. And it's probably just a a transition year for the Eagles, to, to put it nicely. So they're probably better off drafting a receiver early on rather than spending the sixth overall pick on the third or fourth quarterback in this class. Uh, and I think they want to at least see what Jalen Hurts has to offer. But from a dynasty perspective, this is really, really interesting because, Kate, last year when we had Jalen Hurts starting games, he was phenomenal from a fantasy football perspective, right? The, the rushing ability was amazing in, the, in, in his first three starts. He had 106 yards, 63 yards and a touchdown, 69 yards, and then against Washington in Week 17, 34 yards and two touchdowns before getting pulled. This is somebody who has what at the at the very least like top five, top six potential in week to week fantasy football. He does. Um, I'm going to give a shout out to uh, FFB underscore Victoria here. She just posted an article uh, on Jalen Hurts today, which is just perfect timing. Mm-hmm. A quote from her article: His point total of 37.8 in Week 15 against the Cardinals was the six highest single game performance that any quarterback saw in 2020 as a rookie with those wheels I think the sky is the limit the issue is I I think the only thing we have to consider is whether or not you worry about the passing game and in the fact that they just don't have a full receiving core they let Alshon Jeffrey walk they you know are supposedly maybe trading 
Zach Ertz, probably likely. There's a lot of moving pieces here in that offense. So what do you what do you think is the ceiling for Jalen Hurts? From a I know we talked about it, but or let's talk about the floor. I want to talk about the floor, not the ceiling. I, I, what is the floor? I, I think the floor is that he's just as a one-year starter, right? And then the Eagles eventually move on. And, and that's my fear because I love the fantasy football ceiling here, like from a week-to-week basis. But from an actual quarterback, you know, how well could he be in the NFL in terms of winning games and doing all that kind of stuff? I'm not overly optimistic. So to be honest, Kate, I'm really valuing him as a one-year player because I just don't believe the Eagles are going to keep him long-term as a franchise quarterback. And that significantly hurts his value because if I if I believe this was or if this was a guy that was drafted inside the top 10 picks, it's pretty easy to say that he would be a guy that's given two, three, four years to, to work out in the NFL. But because he was in the second round, because the Eagles are likely to find somebody else, I think that that just significantly dings his fantasy value. But it's not like they they took him in the fourth, that is fair. fourth round. They utilized a second round pick when they clearly had plenty of other needs. You know, they, they did take uh, wide receiver Jalen Rager, but... They had a lot of holes to fill, I feel, in that that offense. They needed more weapons, and they chose to go with Jalen Hurts. That was a move that everybody watching the draft just sort of said, huh. Hmm. And I think we all knew at that point that they were questioning whether or not Carson Wentz was the guy. Even though it felt so quick after they handed him that loaded contract, they, they clearly weren't committed. I don't think you... Do you really draft a backup quarterback in the second round, 53rd overall? Well, if your quarterback is Carson Wentz, then yeah, probably, right? I mean, that's. I mean, I I just. (laughs) Too soon. Yeah, I know. I I just don't know how to value Hurts because, again, the, the rushing ability is so good. But do we believe he's going to be good enough ever as a passer to to warrant, you know, being the long-term starter in Philadelphia? Last year, he completed just 52% of his passes, uh, 7.2 yards per attempt. I, I got to believe those are going to rise, but are they going to improve enough that the Eagles feel like they have their guy? I just have my doubts. Can we play some, some Would You Rather, Kate? I would love to. All right, all right. Would you rather have... Jalen Hurts or Baker Mayfield? Jalen Hurts. Okay, so those are number 12 and number 13 uh, currently in my rankings. Uh, What about Kirk Cousins or Jalen Hurts? Jalen Hurts. What about... And this is, I want to clarify, this is for fantasy football purposes. Because... (laughs) Yes, yes. I think, and I feel like sometimes we don't remember that. I feel like we don't give each other enough credit when I say that my fantasy rankings look very different uh, sometimes than if you just said straight up who are the best quarterbacks in the NFL. My fantasy rankings will, of course, look different. Uh, All day, I I would take Jalen Hurts and the the upside because I think we already know what Kirk Cousins' ceiling in fantasy is. He's a solid solid player. I think generally he's pretty undervalued in Dynasty um, just in terms of he provides you a pretty safe floor for what you get as you know a low-end uh, quarterback one he he can produces that um i got a couple more are you ready i don't know yeah all right ryan Tannehill. i'll take hurts really okay see i have Tannehill 
uh, one spot ahead of Hertz right now. 32 years old. It's been pretty productive over the last couple of years. But I will admit, Kate, uh, him losing Arthur Smith uh, does have me a little bit concerned because Arthur Smith was so good with the Titans. Uh, that one, that, that one, that one's close. One last one. That's something where I, I give Jalen Hurts the the edge there because obviously he's 22 years old right now. He's not yet quite hit his his stride. Of course, he gets the he gets the benefit of the age factor for me, and just that little bit of a higher ceiling. Sure. I know we've seen Tannehill's ceiling increase with the Titans, but. I'm gonna give Jalen Hurts that that bit of an edge there for for potential fantasy ceiling. Right. So that's where that comes. And that's fair. I, if you're looking for upside, I think that's fine because I think at this point in Ryan Tannehill's career, it's more likely than not he's not going to be a top six or seven quarterback. He's a fine low end QB one, high end QB two in super flex leagues. But I, I agree with you there. Last one, same draft class. What about Tua or Jalen Hurts? Ooh. We talk about draft capital. The the Dolphins spent the fifth pick on Tua. Despite uh, a lot of people bailing on Tua, the numbers were still pretty good last year. Completed 64% of his passes, 11 passing touchdowns, five run, or five interceptions. You would figure that with an offseason to continue to rehab from that hip injury that he would be better. But which way are you going? I think I got to go with Hurts. Um, just, I know, I know. Uh, not not to be too uh, too reactive. Um, I'm, I'm trying to sort of temper myself with what we saw with Tua last season. Tua was a guy that I just didn't think necessarily had a super high ceiling. When I looked at Tua, I saw a player that I liked him for what I thought was a, a nice, safe floor. He just wasn't a, a a player that I thought could hit almost 40 fantasy points in a game right out of the gate. That's fair. That's not what I projected for Tua. That's not how I looked at him to begin with. So pair that with the performance that we saw last season. And just overall, I think he, I don't know. I always worry about these rookies that we do see, you know, come off the bench, put back on the lineup, come off the bench, yep. put back in the lineup. Well, if you've heard rumors that they're going to trade, you know, for something else, I think that screws up a quarterback and it's the Josh Rosen syndrome. Mm. I don't want Tua to have the Josh Rosen syndrome. I feel like he could easily be on his way to that just because of the fact he, I, he's a much better quarterback than Josh Rosen. And, and I, Do not hear me there. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, you know what I'm saying. I, if you're looking for upside, I guess after let's say the top ten or top eleven uh, dynasty quarterbacks, I would agree with you there because Hurts in the rushing potential is just so much better. I do worry about how long the the leash is going to be with Hurts, but I also worry about that with Tua. So I I have no problem at all ranking Hurts ahead of Tua. Joe Burrow, on the other hand, obviously he gets the edge for mm. me, even coming off a. Uh, significant knee injury. I don't know that he's necessarily, I, I don't think we've heard much about whether or not he's going to be ready for week one in 2021. But even with that knee injury, I'm going to take Joe Burrow. I think. Uh, Are you ready to try the best tasting athletic bar but ever? Look no further than Built Bar. Built Bars are soft, easy to chew, covered in 100% chocolate, yes. and they are great for the health conscious guy or gal. 
lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat with a low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber option with Built Bar. They have 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors, and six delicious new flavors, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, my favorite, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisp. They've got a flavor for whatever you might be craving. Right now, Built Bar is offering our listeners 20% off of your next order using promo code LOCKEDON. Go check out BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKEDON, for 20% off your next order. Start off this new year right, and let's go ahead and get fit together. And what better way to do so than indulging in a delicious and healthy treat? BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKEDON. All right, one more thing I want to wrap up before we close out the Eagles real quick. Zach Ertz, potential to be traded. Uh, That is going to free up some cap space for the Philadelphia Eagles. Is there any landing spot for Zach Ertz right off the top of your head where you you think, all right, this could be the bounce back for his fantasy value? Because right now in Dynasty Startups, he ranks as the tight end 20. Mm. That is bananas. Bananas. <sighs> All right, I, I've got three. Uh, the first is the Cincinnati Bengals. They really don't have anybody there. They drafted Drew Sample uh, in the second round a few years ago. He's not it. Uh, CJ Uzoma is fine, but he's really a tight end too. I think Ertz could be go there, be a solid veteran guy across the middle of the field for Joe Burrow. I think if he goes to Cincinnati, his value improves. So that one's fine. I know a lot of people are going to put New England you know, as a potential destination, and that one makes sense as well considering their tight end situation. I do know the Patriots like Devin Asiasi a little bit, a third-round pick from last year, but I think Ertz on a one- or two-year deal there would make a lot of sense. And then finally, uh, this, is, this is a transition here, Kate. What about the Arizona Cardinals? Dan Arnold is a free agent. Max mm. Williams is really just kind of a plotting blocker type. You go to the Cardinals, you're going to have the entire middle of the field wide open. Uh, I can see that as well. I I think that's definitely a, a possibility. I'm going to throw one back at you, but we are going to come back to uh, the Arizona Cardinals. What about the Jacksonville Jaguars? Hmm. I think he could be a really interesting fit, especially if you are still rolling, as we all are, with the narrative that they're going to be drafting Trevor Lawrence number one overall. Why wouldn't you give him a big, beefy tight end who's a very capable pass catcher, 6'5", 250 pounds? I know he's on the older side, but that might be the, the perfect kind of safety blanket to help build that confidence for your rookie because I do think that I think he's just a really solid player that even though we've seen Mm -hmm. the decline and we haven't seen that exciting upside that maybe we've seen in years past, maybe we should look at the fact that, yeah, maybe that was a little bit Carson Wentz. Maybe that was a little bit of the Eagles. And, and I don't know, I, I feel like a tight end 20, he's still got some value, but I would be intrigued to see what he could do with a rookie like Trevor Lawrence. I think that would be a really interesting fit. But like you said, we, we have to move on here. We have to go. We have to talk about Chase Edmonds. Uh, news broke over the weekend that Cliff's King, Cliff Kingsbury has said that Chase Edmonds could be their guy. And they, they're excited to see what he can do. Uh, he might be the lead back in Arizona. 
what do you make of this? Because Chase Edmonds, I've been I've been kind of harping on him for anybody who follows my Twitter, any like I've been harping on this guy because I think that he has been undervalued. He's been one of those players that has the potential to be in a big role in the coming season. He already has produced for fantasy football. Do you know where he finished in PPR formats it was in the last top, season? Top as a twenty-four, I believe, wasn't it? He was 25, 25 RB twenty-five, which is bananas. And in dynasty league football startup ADP, he's sitting at the RB thirty-nine uh-huh. as of February. We've known that Chase Edmonds had the potential to take on the starting role. He's outperformed his ADP already. Now, let's say even if you think Cliff Kingsbury is all about the coach speak, which very possible. that was sort of a, a that very, very possible, but that was a general narrative that we saw in response to that Chase Edmonds news. I still don't get why we're not valuing Chase Edmonds any higher than we are. We saw him very involved as a backup. He's clearly well-liked by the organization. Even if they bring in a new running back, if they draft a running back, if they sign one in free agency, I just don't, I, I, I don't know, give, give Chase Edmonds 50 more touches even. You don't even have to give him the full workload. Give him an extra 50 touches, which I think is very well within the reign of possibility. I, I think he's top 15. That's, Ooh, okay, that's okay. So this is going to be really tough for me, Kate, because you're going to make me argue against Chase Edmonds, and that's tough because I'm a Chase Edmonds truther. But here are the reasons why maybe the top 15 ranking is a, a little bit ambitious. He is going into the final year of his rookie contract, and that probably means the Cardinals are going to invest some assets uh, at the position. There's also a chance that they bring back Kenyon Drake or they sign somebody in free agency, whether it's a you know, a, a mid to lower end back. Like I, I keep thinking like a James Conner type of back in, in Arizona. But even if Edmonds is the full-time starter in 2021, how long is he, how long is he going to hold that job? Because it seems pretty clear that the Cardinals just aren't going to pay uh, a running back a second contract. So we're talking about a one-year starter who's never really been a full-time, you know, running back or a full-time starter in the NFL. The most carries he has through three seasons is 97, which was last year. Uh, 150 touches uh, last year for 850 yards. So he is efficient when he touches the ball. It just seems like the Cardinals aren't completely buying into him, despite Cliff Kingsbury uh, saying that they might be. I, I think he's a good guy to have as your, your RB3, but I'm not relying on him right now to be an RB2. It's just, it feels like it's a little bit too risky for me. The beauty is that you can rely on him as your RB3, and guess what? He's still producing Correct. as yeah. an RB2. Yes. And you don't even have to draft him as an RB3. That's what's crazy is that he's being drafted as an RB4 in Dynasty. He's only 24 years old. I think he's being really undervalued. He's 5'9", 210 pounds. Doesn't have a ton of of miles on the tires. But, I mean, I I think the the best uh, usage that uh, we can expect is, you know, he was highly targeted in the red zone. And that's, I mean, everything you want to, to help bump that 
that fantasy upside, but he is efficient. And that's why I think even if, uh, if especially, especially if he is, uh, you know, maybe, uh, I don't know, let's say we do see him drafted or see them draft a running back. I still think Chase Edmonds is going to be undervalued in fantasy football. I think he's a great buy. Uh, and if somebody wants to spin the narrative that's like, okay, haha, he's not going to be the lead back, that's great. That's fine. I'll take him. I, I think he's a, a really, really interesting buy because it, everybody sort of looks at that that Cliff Kingsbury news as just just the mm-hmm. coach speak. So I want to take advantage of the fact that people think it's just coach speak, and I want I want some shares because I like his involvement as a receiver. And I will say that stands for full PPR only. Yes, if you're in a yes. standard league, I'm not sniffing Chase Edmonds with a so pull. So re- really quickly before we move on, assuming he is given the reins for the 2021 season and he's the workhorse back, what type of numbers are we expecting? Because this is somebody as a part-time running back was already getting, what, 67 targets last year, 53 receptions, like... Is it possible that he gets to 75 receptions and maybe, what, 1,300, 1,400 total yards? Is that in the, the, the wheelhouse of possibilities? I 100% think so, <laughs> and I think there are a lot of people skeptical out there. Um, we have seen him be really productive. The beauty is that you have Kyler Murray, who does function essentially as a running back. Um, he, he nearly led the team in rushing yards despite the fact that they were paying Kenyon Drake uh what nine million dollars last year on, yeah, on his option yep. that they picked up and it did not correlate to uh production as a rusher he saw a ton of touches did not do much with them so I think uh, I, I would see the majority of Chase Edmonds production coming from those uh those PPR points those you know maybe he does catch 75 balls um, I don't think he's he's the type of back that's ever going to crack a thousand rushing yards mm-hmm. but I do think with the fact that Cliff Kingsbury does like to get him involved as a receiver in the end zone I think all of that just points to to upside and whether or not they keep him in a complimentary role I think he's going to be uh, he's going to finish ahead of his ADP. I, I would agree. Um, Kate, let's take a, a quick break, and we're going to come back, and I'm going to actually give you the floor to talk about Justin Fields, considering your scorching hot take at the beginning of this podcast. So we'll be right back. The 2020 NFL season might be a wrap, but there's still plenty of betting to be done. There's only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust, betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus. There you can bet on all kinds of sports, including football, basketball, baseball, golf, hockey, MMA, soccer, tennis. The options are limitless. Whether you're looking to bet live game lines, player prop bets, or team futures, BetOnline AG has it all. Don't waste another minute and go check out betonline.ag and do not forget to use our promo code locked on so you can get your 50% welcome bonus and you can roll in the cash alongside with us. Again, that's betonline.ag, promo code locked on. All right, Kate, we are back to talk about Ohio State quarterback Justin Fields. Um, and to tip off this show, 
Uh, you said that Justin Fields is your quarterback one in this dynasty class or this rookie class. The floor is yours. Tell us about Justin Fields and why you are so excited. We are looking at a quarterback who not only has phenomenal passing chops as a sophomore at Ohio State, threw for 300 or 3,073 passing yards, 41 touchdowns, three interceptions. Not only that, but I think he's also one of the more underrated uh, athletes of this draft class. He's got the huge ability to run, had 383 rushing yards in eight games this season, but just has these these wheels that I don't think anybody's really talking about. And that's that's the Konami code in fantasy football is that ability as a rusher. So if we have to give Trevor Lawrence, uh, you know, the credit he deserves there as a rushing quarterback, we've got to give Justin Fields some credit too. Uh, I love his arm. He's got just all of the accuracy that you could ever want from a quarterback. He can stay mobile in the pocket. He's always looking to keep the play going, which I think can be a good thing and a bad thing. Um, like I, I think we've talked about it with mm-hmm. Russell Wilson. Yep. That is sometimes yep. not a fantastic thing, but uh, I, I think we're overlooking the fact that uh, he is able to make some of those decisions. And, you know, I, I think there's been a lot of talk about him making progressions through his reads, but I think we saw progression in that through his uh, last season at OSU. I just think that Fields has the highest ceiling. We've seen the most growth from him. I mean, Trevor Lawrence, obviously he is a generational prospect because we've seen him do at such a young age, all of these incredible things. I just think that we're, we're undervaluing fields because he happens to be in the same draft class. I 100% agree. So ESPN, who has been doing the scouting stuff forever, they've got just an amazing scouting department coming out of high school for recruiting. They actually gave Justin Fields coming out of high school the, the highest grade they've ever given and the second highest was Trevor Lawrence, who was actually in that same recruiting class, obviously. Uh, I know 24-7 Sports had Lawrence 1 and Fields 2 in terms of their all-time you know, recruiting grades. So this is They've somebody, been duking it out here for a while. Yeah, yeah. These are some you know, two of the best quarterback prospects that we've ever seen. And I don't know how Zach Wilson, and again, I really like Zach Wilson from BYU. I, I enjoyed watching him so much during the season, but I'm not sure how Wilson f- playing against Texas State and Coastal Carolina and Boise State all of a sudden jumped Justin Fields, who dominated Clemson. I mean, absolutely dominated. Six touchdowns despite, I don't know, what, a couple broken ribs. Uh, I think Fields. Casual. Yeah, just very casual. I, I I think Fields is unbelievably good. He can run. He's accurate. He's got a cannon for an arm. I completely agree with you. I don't understand why Fields has dropped so far in the rankings. I can't go quite to QB1, but he is pretty clearly QB2 for me at the very, very worst. Yeah, there's there's been a lot of sort of flip-flops. We've seen some news that... Zach Wilson might have taken over that reign as as the QB2 spot. We've even heard, uh, you know, rumors that some teams are thinking like, oh, okay, well, well maybe Zach Wilson over Trevor Lawrence. Stop I am it. not there yet. Stop it. Uh, Stop I, it. Yeah, we're not going to go there. But Justin Fields, I think he's so dynamic. He is so uh, – I, I love watching him force the ball down the field. He's so accurate. 
Um, and it's not like the the players that he's he's playing with, like Chris Olave was his leading receiver, and he's not thought he's of as a, a top prospect by any means. It's not like a Mac Jones situation where you're looking at uh, you know, the fact that he's been throwing to the first wide receiver to win the Heisman in X amount of years. Sure. He he worked with some really fine weapons, but I think a lot of what we saw from Justin Fields was Justin Fields. Uh, he plays a really clean game. I'm so excited to see what he could do in uh, in the right offense. My wife, uh, she has likened him to Russell Wilson, which I do. I love that. Hmm. Um, because like I, I did make the comp that he can hold on to the ball and be a goofball like Russell Wilson, but ability to force the ball down the field, you can see a lot of similarities between the two. Imagine, imagine, this is crazy talk, crazy talk. The Seahawks trade Russell Wilson. Yeah. Get a haul, a haul of picks, because uh, if, if we're looking at what Matthew Stafford God, I think they're going to command much more for Russell Wilson. Imagine that happens, and then Seattle has the assets to trade up for Justin Fields. I That'd feel like they just, I, my lord, I would die. And uh, the the questions we had about DK Metcalf and uh, any potential loss of, loss of dynasty value without Russell Wilson would be automatically remedied for me. I would love to see that happen. That is uh, trade your, goals for that, me. That's your landing spot. Can I can I give you one more thing on Will or on uh, Justin Fields as a player before before we move on, Kate? Please. I think what happened during this season is everybody was so excited about what happened in 2019, and then he had two really only two bad games this year against a Northwestern team that was really good on defense. It's going to have a bunch of players drafted in this year's class, and then an Indiana game where he had a couple fluky interceptions. Other than that, he was fantastic. In his first three games this year, Kate, against Nebraska, Penn State, and Rutgers, all of which would have been the best team that Zach Wilson played in 2020, but that's besides the point. He had 11 total incompletions in that game. And by, oh, by the way, he had 11 passing touchdowns in that game. So the same amount of passing touchdowns as incompletions. Uh, he was just absolutely phenomenal early on in the season. Closed with some really good games, obviously, against that Clemson. So don't let one or two bad games, you know, misguide you here because this is a all-time good great quarterback prospect. Yeah, we we've got to give him some monster credit for what he was able to accomplish in the Sugar Bowl. He came out and like you you had mentioned uh the rib injury that uh, I believe he sustained during this game. The Clemson came game, out yeah. and it threw for 385 passing yards, six touchdowns, one interception. On 28 pass attempts, that is efficiency in its finest. But I, I think you just overall saw uh, on display his ability to actually make decisions and process the field and just honestly be a tough, tough mm -hmm. dude with the way that he was able to play through injury. That was really uh, – he put that team on his back. I love it. I love everything about Justin Fields. Uh, I, I feel like I should I – should Go away now before everybody gets too riled yeah. up about my QB1 comment. But I don't know. I, I think the trajectory is, is right on point. I, I think the the physical specimen he is could could certainly lead him there. So should we close out this this day's show uh, <laughs> so we can leave our, our, uh, our entire audience context? to... Yeah. Yes. Okay. Good. Excellent. 
glad we're in agreement there. Everybody, please, if you are looking to scorch me, uh, you could do that at Locked On Dynasty. If you're ready to let the show know what you think about Justin Fields as a potential QB1 in Dynasty rookie drafts, uh, let me be clear. If you have the 101 and you're looking to take Justin Fields, you need to trade out of the 101. So I do not think with the 101, unless you know your league mate uh, or, or whoever has the 101 in your leagues, if it's a consensus take that Justin Fields is the 101, 10 times out of 10 times, I'm going to trade back to the 102, get a haul for the pick, and then take Justin Fields at two. And I even think- if it's not a haul, even if it's just, let's take a third round pick, you know, if you're going to get your guy anyways, why not just pick up the asset and move down? Absolutely. I think it's just too unanimous at this point. I, I think it's sort of a done deal that Trevor Lawrence is the uh, the 101. But sometimes it doesn't always mean you have to draft those players where you, you have them ranked. Because I, I do think Justin Fields is the 101. But reading the market, you can get something back for that 101 pick if you have it and are looking to, to get Justin Fields. So uh, I love this. Everybody be sure to... to Chat us up on the Twitterverse. You can follow me at FFBallBlast, and you can follow Marcus at Marcus underscore Mosher. And again, you can follow the show at LockedOnDynasty. Please uh, leave us a five-star review if you're feeling so generous, and we will see you guys Thursday.